1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Thank you, Father God. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I'll never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to start off in Genesis 4. And uh, my title this morning is Treasures in Heaven. And our topic this week is Mastering Money. Either money will master you or you will master money. What did God say to Cain before he murdered his younger brother? Over money. Over the fact that Abel gave God his first fruits and Cain gave God some of the fruit of his labor. Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So either you will master sin or sin will master you. Either you will master money or money will master you. Now, when I started down this road in 2018, it had been many years since I had done any special services on success or prosperity at Faith Christian Center. And in teaching Mastering Money these three years, uh, I've been overwhelmed at what the disobedience of Christians has cost Christ. I've always looked at it from the perspective of what disobedience was costing God's people. But every night the last three years standing here, I've been overwhelmed at what the disobedience of Christians has cost Christ. Jesus died for all mankind, but his people have disobeyed him on money, and millions are going to hell for it unnecessarily when the system was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. Tell your neighbor, the system of God, God's financial system, was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. So I found myself overwhelmed with grief for Christ every evening these last three years in the week of increased meetings. But I hope that we at Faith Christian Center can see the truth now and go on. That God's system of sowing and reaping was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan for Christian economics was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan for world evangelism was literally designed to cost the believer nothing. God's plan to establish his covenant on the earth was literally designed by God to cost the believer nothing. 
There's a verse Austin often uses in sermons and uh, offerings, and I've never one time used it in a sermon or an offering. It always seemed like it was way out there to me. But in Deuteronomy 1.11, Moses told the people of God that God wants to bless you a thousand times over. And I had the most unusual experience in prayer Monday. And I wasn't praying about that, but I was out praying, and that verse just passed through my mind. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, when you go back inside, look it up. And so when I got done praying and I went inside, I looked it up. And since Sue and I got married... 45 years ago this coming Saturday and by the way if you want to stay married a long time you have to keep these things in, in mind you know what I'm saying dates important days everybody needs to know what February 14 is all that nonsense <laughs> but uh, since we got married I'm talking about you know when mama's happy papa's happy uh but since we got married, God has increased us 890,000 times. While, while putting $12 million into the gospel out of Faith Christian Center and while putting $7 million into the gospel personally. So, Austin, I no longer think Deuteronomy 111 is out there. Hallelujah. 890,000 times. Lift both hands up, look to heaven and say, Father God, you are so wonderful. Hallelujah. In our 2006 month of money back at our I-30 location, we taught it this way, make the money, tie the money, save and invest the money, sow the money, and then start all over and make the money again. So we're continuing this series, Mastering Money, so you can come up out of debt, so you can become well off, so that you can break the spirit of poverty in your life and uh, begin to believe God for bigger and better things. So in, instead of allowing money to master you, you can learn how to master money by tying on to what is closest to God's heart, God's work, God's mission, and God's house. The reason so many Christians are mastered by money instead of mastering money as they never saw themselves as engines for the work of God. They never saw themselves as paymasters for the work of God. On both February 3rd and 4th of 2015, the Lord warned me about time. He said, you don't have much time left. At first I took that to mean I didn't have much time left, but as I meditated on the matter and prayed about it, it was obvious to me he was saying, we don't have much time left. And then when we crossed over into 2016, the Holy Spirit said to me, plural, you plural, meaning us think you're walking in covenant with God, but you're living like aliens and strangers gleaning at the edges of God's fields. On Thursday morning, November 12, 2020, the Spirit of God whispered to me, it won't be long now. Then on Sunday morning, July 18, Two Sundays ago, when I stood here in the pulpit, the Spirit of God whispered to me, there won't, there won't be many more of these. Sundays to gather together, Sundays to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords in our human natural bodies, Sundays to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've spent my entire adult life studying God's word, but since these warnings about time, it seems like my understanding of God's word has be, 
been made crystal clear. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. In recent days, I don't feel like I'm looking through the glass darkly anymore. Seems like everything has become clear to me. Since the warnings of God about time in 2015, 2016, 2020, 2021. So I challenge you to go to the app and review my 2009 message at Crenshaw Christian Center, The Money Secret of the New Testament. I challenge you to go back and review my 2018 Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday messages on the first principle of prosperity. I'd encourage you to go back and watch my 2018 Father's Day Guys Night Out message, Magnificent Obsession. And then, of course, these Mastering Money messages from 2018, 2019, 2020. So let's get to the Word of God. You know the Bible talks about rich men. Jesus himself talked about rich men on several occasions. We have the parable of the rich young man in uh, Mark chapter 10. And in Mark 10, Jesus came across a rich young ruler, and he came running to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. Jesus gave him some of the commandments. And the rich young ruler said, all these I have done since my youth. And Jesus said, yet you lack one thing. Jesus, you see, saw that that rich young ruler had great wealth, but he saw that he was ruled by that money. Jesus saw that rich young ruler was trusting money to save him because Jesus had been teaching about trusting in money. So Jesus said to that rich young ruler, go sell all that you have and give it away and you will have treasure in heaven. How many of you understand this? No matter how rich that young man was, no matter whether he made heaven or went to hell, don't you know that this morning he wishes he had done what Jesus had said because if he had done what Jesus had said, he'd have a better eternity ahead of him right now. Treasures in heaven. I want to talk to you this morning about treasures in heaven. Shout it out loud five times. Treasures in heaven. Trusting in a political party is idolatry. Trusting in a particular man is idolatry. Trusting in money is idolatry. What good is your money going to do you if they lock you down and put a dirty uh, diaper over your face? We need to look to the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Hallelujah. Treasures in heaven. It's possible to store up treasures in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We also have the parable of the rich fool. Jesus talked about another rich man, Luke 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. 
And then he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Rich toward God, rich toward God. Shout it out loud five times, rich toward God. Rich toward God, rich toward God, rich toward God, rich toward God. Rich toward God. What he should have done was said, <laughs> pardon me. What he should have done was said, I have plenty. How can I be a blessing to my family? What he should have done was said, I have plenty. How can I be a blessing to God's work? But no, he said, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my green and my goods, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And then Jesus comments and says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Any man or woman who thinks you can have security in material things, that is a foolish way of thinking. God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And Jesus said, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. This same Jesus said in Luke 12, 31, but seek his kingdom and these things shall be given unto you as well. And Jesus said in Luke 12, 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, we ought to think about doing some good with our money and not just storing it up for ourselves. And Jesus taught us to occupy. He said, occupy till I come. And a lot of people, they just get off the road. They get in the ditch on the right. Other people get in the ditch on the left. Most ministers, T.L. Osborne told me one day in his living room, he said, you don't even realize how unusual you are. And, you know, I was like, tell me. He said, well, and he named names, which I'm not, not going to do. But he said, these churches in Tulsa, every Sunday, they tell everybody, give every nickel. And he said, you don't do that. You teach faith also, not just from the New Testament, but from the book of Proverbs. And you teach people to save money and to invest money. And he said, over time, there'll be no telling how wealthy your congregation will be. He said, over time, there's no telling what the income will be of Faith Christian Center because you're teaching the whole counsel of God and not just give every nickel every service. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah. So we live our lives with one foot on the earth and one foot in eternity. So... It's not that we, do, we, we don't care about having surplus for tomorrow because as we have found out in the last 18 months, we don't know what crazy thing the world's going to do next. So we have to occupy till he comes. But on the other hand, we got to live with one foot in eternity and we have to realize that at any given point in time, we could either pass away or the Lord could come and we could find ourselves before this sermon is over on the other side.
So we live in both worlds simultaneously. So it's not either or. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's not either or. And then we have that other rich man over there in Luke 16. And this is not a parable. This is a historical account because Jesus did not use personal names in parables. Luke 16, 19, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, the time's coming for you. Yeah, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried in hell. In hell. I said in hell. Where he was in torment. Where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. And now think about, what the, think about what Jesus said in the words coming out of my mouth. What did he call Abraham? So your tribe will not save you. Father Abraham had pity on me and sent Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this betwixt us and you as a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also come to this place of torment. <coughs> Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So what was the tragedy of this rich man? He had used up all of his money on himself, and he had no room for the kingdom of God. He had no room for the poor, and he had no room for Lazarus. He lived for self. And he died, and he went to hell. Let me run that by again. He lived for self, and he died, and he went to hell. And he was in torment in hell, and he said he was in torment in the fire. Twice Jesus said that he was in torment in hell. And now, now that he has lived for self, and now that he has died, and now that he has gone to hell, and now that he is in torment in the fire, now he wants someone to go and spread the gospel after he's already in hell. Are you getting this? You have got to live for God here. You have got to tithe your money here. You have got to sow your seed into the gospel here. You have got to be generous with the poor here. You have got to give into the spreading of the gospel here. <coughs> you can't do any of these things when you're dead and gone and in eternity. 
Don't you get it? This right here is the proving ground. This is God, where God sees whether or not we are fit to live with him in eternity. And I warn you, in no uncertain terms, you go to the book of Revelation, and you look up the catalog of who's in hell, the list does not begin with drug users, the list does not begin with adulterers, the list does not begin with fornicators, the list begins with the fearful. Do not succumb to the fear mongers. Stand strong, stand tall, stand true, have the word of God in your heart, have the word of God in your mouth. Shout it out loud five times. I am not afraid. So this is the proving ground. Tell your neighbor, this is it. This is where God sees whether or not we are fit to live with him in eternity. And this is where we get to determine our eternal rewards. If this rich man had only had another opportunity, he'd not only tell his brothers about Jesus, he'd tell the whole world about Jesus just so they wouldn't have to go to that place of torment. And he is still there today. 2,000 years later, he is still in the fire. And he hasn't even gotten started. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he wasn't saved. You can be rich and go to heaven, and you can be poor and go to hell, or you can be poor and go to heaven, or you can be rich and go to hell. It's not about the money, it's about the heart. But I want you to see in this series on mastering money that your money tells everyone around you, and your money tells God where your heart is. Jesus said so in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In the parable of the rich fool, Jesus said, Luke 12, 21, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Shout out loud again five times, rich toward God. So you can be rich toward God. And the, the financial system of God is literally designed to cost the believer nothing. And God's people haven't seen it. They haven't seen it. You can be rich toward God and you can lay up treasures in heaven. How can you take treasures to heaven? You've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse, have you? So how can you take treasures to heaven? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus said you can have treasure in heaven, and the treasures of heaven aren't just eternal rewards. The treasures of heaven are people. Yeah. 
Malachi 3.16, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. He says he calls them my treasured possession. People are God's treasured possession. I said people are God's treasured possession. You know what the treasure of heaven is? People, your sons and your daughters and your grandsons and your granddaughters. But wait a minute. What about other people's moms and dads and sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters? Treasures in heaven. Shout out loud, I'm going to have treasures in heaven. Jesus likened the kingdom of God to where a man went out and found treasure. Thank God he found me. Thank God he found you. But what about other people? Are we content to just get blessed ourselves and not be concerned about other people? God's treasured possession, other people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? I didn't know all this when we started. When we started, we didn't have great faith aspirations. When we started, we didn't have some kind of faith agenda. We didn't even know what we were doing. The truth is, we didn't even know what we were doing. But we loved the Lord. So we tithed. And then we would go to church and hear a missionary, and we would give. And then we would go to church, and they'd be doing a special offering, and, and we would give to that. We didn't even know what we were doing. But we saw along the way that the blessing of the Lord was upon us. And being intelligent, I went to the Word of God, because I wanted to find out, why is all this good stuff happening? And I set myself to study from the Word of God how God's system of economics works. And the system of God is designed to not cost the believer a thing. To not cost the believer a thing. But in order for God's system of economics to work, well, you got to love the Lord, that's a problem. And then you got to believe the Bible, that's a problem. And then you got to take action, that's a problem. And then you can't be a covetous, greedy sucker like Bernie Sanders, who has spent his whole life in government service and owns three homes. Somebody please explain to me how a socialist slash communist can work for the government his whole life and own three homes. I have no use or sympathy with anyone who is covetous. I said covetous. 
They won't with their neighbors, God. God has got a plan, and God has got a system to open up the windows of heaven above you and pour out so much blessing that all of your needs will be met, and you can have treasure in heaven, and you can be a blessing to others. And never miss it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said never miss it. It's so simple. It's just sowing and reaping. Based in love and based in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't let money master you. Learn how to master your money. Learn how to mo- learn how to make money work for you, and you not serve money. It takes money to run Faith Christian Center. It takes money to run St. Paul's Preparatory Academy. It takes money to hold crusades overseas. It takes money for missionaries to work full time overseas. It takes money to pioneer churches overseas. It takes money to buy land and build buildings for the churches. We've pioneered overseas, and Satan knows this, and that's why Satan has taught God's people into being poor or lazy or stingy. And all this money must come from God's crowd because the devil's crowd isn't going to give us a dime. 28 new billionaires were created during the lockdowns, and if you haven't figured it out, that's a lot of what this is about. But we have not gotten a nickel from any of the 28. So God's just going to have to bless you. Tell your neighbor, the Lord doesn't have a choice. But he's not going to bless disobedient children. You hear me now. The time is short, so it's time for me to be bolder than ever. The Lord is not going to bless disobedient children. When God gives one of his ministers a vision that is going to cost millions of dollars, God also has to have a plan to bless his people with multiplied millions of dollars because they're the ones who are going to give the money into the gospel. So a gospel project isn't bad news for the people of God. A gospel project is good news for the people of God because it means more prosperity is on the way. The closest thing to God's heart is that people be saved and that they be discipled. Not just saved, discipled. And thank God for Christian universities and Bible schools and hospitals. But the closest thing to God's heart is that people be saved and that people be discipled. If you get people into the best university in the world and they're lost, it doesn't matter what they do with their lives, they'll go to hell without Jesus. If you get people in the best hospital in the world, but they're lost, it doesn't matter whether that hospital gets them well or not. When they eventually die, they'll go to hell without Jesus. Here at Faith Christian Center, we are in the business that is closest to God's heart. We are winning people to Jesus every seven days, and we are discipling people to be obedient to the gospel literally seven days a week, teaching them, as Jesus said, to obey everything. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. So we should live our lives in the light of eternity. 
It's not the money that is the problem for God's people. It's the love of money. Thank God we are in a land today where the gospel is preached. Thank God we are in a rich nation today where money can be made. Thank God we're not in some dark nation with no gospel. Thank God we're not in some other country today waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to send the gospel to us. How would you like to be lost today living in some dark land waiting for some lazy Christian in the United States of America to get up off of their blessed assurance and make some extra money to support a missionary? So maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you could hear the gospel and get saved. Thank God we're the givers. Thank God we're the ones giving. How would you like to be lost today, living in some dark land, waiting for some Christian in America to become a better steward of their money so they could support a missionary, so that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, they could hear the gospel and get saved? Thank God we're the givers. Thank God we're not the ones waiting. How would you like to be lost today, living in some dark land, waiting for some Christian in the United States of America to become a doer of the Word of God and start tithing their income so that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you can hear the gospel and be saved. Thank God we're the givers. Thank God we're not the waiters. So let us rise up and shake ourselves and say, I'll not let money master me. I will master my money. Shout out loud, I'll not let money master me. I will master my money. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.